Blog Talk Radio. generations 
that have come after me to have this attitude. This is a you know an attitude that goes all the way back to Superfly, pimp that hoe. You know where we started to subject our women to certain behavior, to certain treatment, and to where our women started to look at us a certain way. We can go into the phenomena of the single mother. You know, I hear a lot of times black men say that a woman can't raise another black man or women can't raise black men. I don't know if that's true or not. I think they can raise black men because they have been raising black men. I think the question is how do they raise black men? Does that attribute to a large rise of the homosexuality that is now so prevalent in the black community? When I was coming up, we was allowed to call them faggots. That's what we said. We don't go for that faggot shit. But now you can't even, the times have changed so drastically that to call someone a faggot, we damn near, it, you, you know, is labeled a hate crime. So the homosexual aspect, has that influenced? Um, where does that influence come from? I'm not saying that it hasn't always been there in the black community. I'm not one of those people who say, oh, in Africa we didn't have homosexuality. I don't buy into all of that. You know, but the acceptance of it and the avert homosexuality, the blatant of homosexuality in the black community, I can't say when I was coming up, wasn't as large as it is now. It wasn't as apparent as it is now. You know, so we want to know what are some of the things that, that that caused this? As for me, I think, well, you know, as talking, I was talking to my father last night, and he and I were talking, and one of the things that he brought up a good point, he was talking about segregation and integration, you know, and segregation, he said, I thought was deep. He said segregation was forced separation. But in that forced separation, he said, like anything, there's a yin and a yang. In the bad of being forced to separate, in the bad of being separated from the resources and other people controlling the resources and your coming and goings, the good was the dependence on one another. The um, Our social structure was based on our interaction with one another because we didn't interact with them as much. And so that made the black family pillar in our black communities. And in that black family, we had a structure. And in that structure, man, as we know, part of that structure were the big mamas, were the black woman, being that um, focal point, being that moral guide, being that voice of wisdom, being the healer, being the nurturer. And a lot of times, you know, us coming up that had very powerful influential women in our life being the enforcers and the and the dispensers of discipline. My grandmother get that ass. So what has changed from that time? So when he was talking about during integration, not only, and I've always agreed with this, and you've heard me say this, not only did we integrate our money, not only did we integrate our persons, you know what I'm saying, but we integrated our moral and ethnic code. And we began to change the values, the value system, we begin to change or, you know, what we held as near and dear, the, the things that were important for men looking for wives and women looking for husbands begin to change. And as they hit us with materialism, as they hit us with, and we started to participate more in consumerism, what I mean is when we started um, 
measuring our worth according to the shit that we have, we begin to, that whole value system, what we put on one another changed. Our women began to compare, and this is just my opinion. This is just my opinion. Our women began to hold us to standards of European America. If you're not doing this, if you're not taking care of this, if you don't handle this, you're not a man. When has it ever been like that in the black community? Those of us that are being realistic and look back at our community, we look at, I mean, we can go all the way back to the days of Malcolm X. And one of the arguments that um, Malcolm had, or not one of the arguments, some of the biggest people that Malcolm had drawn were because uh, women workers, domestic workers, black women were uh, cooks, black women were nannies. Black women have worked and came and contributed to the family. So when did we get to the point where if this nigga ain't taking care of me, this nigga don't love me or he ain't doing, you know, doing nothing? And the black man would play his role, contributed what he could, go work and do what he could. But we had that understanding because we didn't have the outside influences. Once we begin to, I think that a whole dynamic shift came, once we begin to have these outside influences and change the moral and ethics uh, codes and values in our community, we begin to look at each other differently because we begin to feel like that they didn't measure up the standards. They didn't measure up the standards. And you will look to see where the oppressive, our oppressive depends begin to exploit that. They created conditions of poverty, and to alleviate that, when they begin to say, we'll give you some relief from that, but black woman, in order to have relief from that, then you must deny the black man. You have to deny the black man. Not that you can't be with the black man. See, they understood the very nature. You have to understand the very nature of people. They know that black men and black women are going to be together, but you must not uphold the institutes that promote morality, that bring about a spiritual understanding and a common understanding, a contract between the black man and the black woman, which is marriage. If not marriage through the court system, I'm not even talking about through the court system. I'm talking about through certain commitments and understanding and agreements between that man and that woman. I can remember coming up on the welfare, and I'm, you know, listen, real nigga came from real nigga situations, you know, came from them streets, have been in those situations. And I remember back in the day when you got Section 8 of welfare, I remember the Section 8 used to do inspections. You used to have this white woman come to the house, come to my mother's house, a grown woman, and my mother would stand to the side while you had this white woman walk through our house and inspect our house. Right then and there, not only was she taking the authority in children's eyes from my mother and establishing a supremacy for herself, for the state, and at that time being a white woman representing um, white people, a white state, a white government, establishing that supremacy over my mother, who I thought was the ultimate authority in my life at that particular time. So I'm seeing that she's bowing to this white woman, but what was more impressive, what stood out to me most was that she had a boyfriend and she used to have to hide his stuff and pretend that he didn't stay there. Or even times where I've seen, and not ashamed to admit, this big grown-ass man hiding in the damn closet from a white woman. 
And then when the white woman leaves, you want to regulate and be disciplinarian of the house. Nigga, you scared of a white woman. How are you going to tell me anything? So it began to not only demasculate him in my eyes, but it began to erode their authority, his authority. And I'm sure that on some type of subconscious level, some type of deeper level in my mother, it began to devalue him, even if it wasn't conscious. How can you be a black woman saying you got this black man and this big grown nigga hide from a little white woman? You have to, at some point in time, begin to feel some type of way. Begin to, if it's nothing but on a primal level, if there's nothing but on a natural level of feeling that you can't be protected, you won't be cared for, you won't be looked out, that this man doesn't have enough, not just authority, but cojones, nuts, or whatever, to be able to defend me because I'm hiding him. So reminiscent of slavery. Isn't that how they did us in slavery days? The women. See, that's what I mean, that women, black women have always been instrumental in our struggle, but it has always been a conditioning to demasculate and belittle the black man and to have our women start to look at us differently till we have arrived at the state to where our women tell us niggas ain't shit, all men are dogs. Our growing as human beings and the mistakes that we may naturally make, in the evolution process, as oppressed African people, it is met with the most vehement and hostile reactions that we can have for one another. We're more forgiving to every other people than we are to ourselves. It took me a long time to enter into healthy, productive relationships because I had been scarred by prior relationships I've been influenced by what I've seen my mother go through or what I felt like or perceived that my mother had done to other men. The standing that black that I had gotten from black women in my life, you got to understand one of the things why we kill one another, that we black men find it easy to kill one another, especially when you're coming from, if you're growing up in a single household with a black woman, who has some type of feeling towards the black man, and you're constantly hearing niggas ain't shit, niggas ain't shit, niggas are this, niggas are that, niggas ain't shit. Well, when you grow up, even as a young male child, you grow up with the mentality niggas ain't shit. Black man ain't shit. So the value that you place on black life is very little. So what the hell are you caring about a nigga? Because why? Mama said a nigga ain't shit. You see, and then when you turn around, pump that, and add on top of that the misogynistic behavior, the misogynistic music, the sexist music, the exploitive music of our women, shit, that adds to the degrading process, the belittling process. And we see it every day. And we don't even, and it is, the conditioning is so deep that we don't think about it. We go into these foreign stores, and these foreigners will call our women, baby, hey, baby, hey, honey, and have our women pouncing and dancing and gyrating and looking and flirting with these goddamn foreigners. But you say something to his little woman with a little dot on her damn head, and he's ready to come behind the counter and bust your head. And here's what's 
that always amazes me about it, you have niggas defend that because we hate ourselves, because we despise ourselves. That has been something that I never could, could abide, how little value we hold for one another, and then it implodes. It blows up in our community. We see it reflected on one another, and that's exactly what's happened. So we have to understand where this, who taught us to hate ourselves? Like Malcolm said, who taught you to hate yourself? Brother Malcolm asks us that. And I think that that's a question we really don't sit down and we don't think about. We don't think about we're so caught up. This is what happens. They attack us on every level of the game. And when they attack us so blatantly, so overtly, we're caught up in the moment. They shot the brother 76 times in Atlanta. Mike Brown, Eric Garner, Sandra Black. I mean, they keep us, the racism and the hatred geared towards us so blatant that it's right in our face. That's what we see. But we don't understand the subtle attacks, the subtle war, the clandestine war waged against us as African people here to teach us to hate one another to teach us to despise one another. Like I said, we go back to talking about um, in the old days when I, when, when, when I was coming up and welfare was rampant. Not, you know, just rampant, but when it had conditions to demasculate and belittle the black man, to break up that institution, that contractual agreement, that understanding between man and woman, even if the brother and sister wasn't married, what I call civilly, through the court system, that understanding that they had, that role that man played, society, the government, the state said that woman, in order to survive, after creating these conditions of poverty, in order to survive, you must deny the role of that black man. You can do that all day long. You can get the dick. But to claim that black man, to acknowledge that black man, to stand side by side with that black man will cause you your benefit will cause you your benefits. And it is not as, and, 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 and what's funny about it, that's nothing new. That was a new practice. It was practiced during slavery. They have always put our women in a position to have to defend us, in a position that, I mean, you have to look at what happened to us in, in a position that we were demasculated. Here your woman may possibly tell you, don't kill him. Don't kill Massa. After Massa then put you out of your cabin, he laid with your damn woman. And you come out there and you're ready to strangle this cracker. You're ready to do what you got to do. Your man and your woman tell you because she loves you, not because she thinks you a punk, not because she's trying to make you submissive, but because she has this love for you. Don't kill master. So she's had to prostitute herself. She's had to submit to this um, degrading, this 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 demoralizing action of this savage grunting and groaning and moaning on top of her. So both of you now have repressed feelings. It's psychological. And what are you going to do about it? And this white man comes out and says, what are you going to do about it, nigga? He, he took the ability for you to provide for your family. He had you, some of black men, they will make them into bucks. 
force them on other women to take them from plantation to plantation, have them make to have children, and there was no attachment to the children and move them to another plantation. And we wonder why men can walk away from their children now. Conditioning that is taking place to us. And what we do, we are so powerless or we feel so powerless. We feel we are not powerless. We feel powerless. And that powerlessness has developed into a cowardliness that we'd rather implode on one another, take the blame out on one another, than really look at what began to cause these conditions and what began to make us have the sentiment towards one another that we had. Niggas ain't shit. Bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. That's what Snoop said. We'll begin to, and what's sickening is we're so conditioned, we'll play that music, nod our head to that music. And I'm not just talking about the brothers. <laughs> Sisters knocking that music. Degrading, belittling music. You don't find any people, any people. I, well, I can't say any people. We already know the savage doesn't like his woman. So the whole porno thing, the whole degrading and belittling women was a behavior, a learned behavior. And it was a market that they had capitalize on a market that they have monopolized and they opened it up to us and allow us to exploit our women and to degrade and belittle our women, demoralize our women, capital gain. We we, we we love it. We sell our souls, so why not sell our women? Hell, we care. Because we stop caring about one another. And that's the whole point. And that's what this talk is about. You can press one, I'll recognize you. How do you feel about that? What do you think some of the causes are? And I'm willing to guarantee you that should people get on the line before it is over, we will begin to argue with one another because that's how we've been conditioned. And it's so thorough, we won't even recognize that we'll begin to argue about one another. We'll begin to argue with one another about a conditioning that has been placed on us. That's how thorough that conditioning is. Take us to be brutally honest with one another. That's what we can do. That's what we don't like. We don't like the honesty. We don't like the truth. We like the so-called illusion, the so-called freedom, which is just an illusion of freedom. Because everything that they say we're free to do is destructive. You're free to be destructive to yourself. Oh, you're free to do that. But try to do something constructive. Try to do something beneficial and edifying for the black community. Feds want to kick in your door. They want to lock you up, put you on this list and that list. So there's no true freedom when you're talking about the empowerment and liberation of an oppressed African people here. But if you're talking about being destructive, you have all the freedom in the world to build one one another up. How do we begin to heal the hurt? One of the ways to heal the hurt is know where the hurt is coming from. See, I can't Bandage a wound If I keep Going to our West senses there To bandage a wound If I keep doing the same thing That is inflicting the wound If I don't get to the source Of my problem You have to look at America This is what America does All these scientific achievements All these advancements In human technology And you know Understanding the human body And all of these things 
they can't even cure or they won't cure the common cold. They sell you remedies to make you feel better but never address the cause of it. That's exactly what's happening now. They don't want us to address the cause. They give you Band-Aids, medicines to deal with the symptoms but never the cause of the disease, the dis-ease, never the cause of the dis-ease in the black, and the, the black man and the black woman's life. We have to begin to pinpoint the cause to understand what's going on. So I asked the brothers, why y'all hate these sisters? Why are they bitches? Why are these sisters a pack of bitches? What makes the black woman a bitch? I'm sure there has to be. We use the word. Are we being real? Is it Thursday? Is it the form? I think we're being real. We use a word we call a bitch. Some of us will beat her down to our last compound. Be a black woman like a suck in the streets. Is there ever just cause for that? What has she done to, to merit that type of treatment? Sisters, why is he a punk-ass nigga? What has caused him to be a punk-ass nigga? What's the definition of that? What makes you think that uh, because this man possibly didn't do something you like or something you disagree with, that you have the right to address him like that? Has he earned that? Where did that come from? See, this is what I talk about when I talk about the neocolonialist mentality, that supremacy inferiority, that supremacy inf- inferior thinking. Nigga didn't do what I like. That's what make him a punk-ass nigga. What do you like? Is what you like right and exact for black people or for you? We talk about brother take the lead, man be a man, this and that, and when he does it and you don't, and you don't agree with it, is he a bitch-ass nigga? We talk about brothers, the black woman being the strong woman, being the mother of the uh, uh, civilization and the goddess of the universe, and first time that she disagrees with us or does something that we don't like, she's a bitch. Why is that? Have we become so arrogant in our thinking that we feel we can put these labels on one another and that they're justified? These are some real questions because our communities are suffering from a lack of understanding between black and female, uh, black male and female divide, whether it be in relationships, business relationships, community, just everyday interaction with the black man and the black woman. Why do we hate each other? I would like to say because if we really had a love for one another, if we really had a love for one another, a lot of the things in our community would be different. If we had a love for one another, a lot of it would be different. And we have to step up to the plate, especially us brothers that have children and those sisters that have children. We have to realize, see, this is what we don't want to do. This is why I like to form because we can rap. And this is, you know, our time to rap. We family. We can be as truthful as we can here. We do understand. I understand the everything, the logistics, everything, the semantics, that they're listening and all of this. But here's an opportunity for us to be truthful as we can with one another. And so we need to discuss this, what's going on. And us as parents, we really should should want to know what's going on because our attitudes are what affect and shape our children. 
Brothers, you wonder why your son is misogynistic and hate women? Sisters, you wonder why your son is misogynistic and hate women? What kind of damn mother was you? Were you parading a bunch of niggas in front of them? Were you asking your children to lie for you? Tell this nigga I ain't here. Tell that nigga this. Tell that nigga. You involved your child in your manipulation and your schemes and your plotting. And then when he hate women, you wonder why he hate women. At first thing, a nigga want a woman want to holler. I didn't raise him to be like that. Yes, you did. Maybe not directly and indirectly. We ask our children to lose their moral base and their standards, and then wonder why they behave like they behave. Brothers, same thing. Same thing. You buying your daughters. Everything, not spending any real time, no real father affection, just materialism every time you see your child here, baby, daddy, baby, but no real time. Then you wonder why she's fucking everybody in the neighborhood for money. Ain't nothing what you taught her. Don't spill no real time. You just, when you pop up, hey, baby, and throw her a gift. So now when Boo Boo then roll up on her and fucking out for a cheeseburger or some shoes or a coach bag, you wonder when she got this. I ain't raised her to be no hoe. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Indirectly. But we don't want to be accountable and take responsibility for that. Let's go to our phone lines. I believe this is Chairman Hakeem. People black man party from behind enemy lines. What's happening, brother? Hey, man. How you doing, man? Hey, man. I'm good. How about you? It's good to be here with me on a Thursday, man. You hey, know. That's how we get out on Thursday, man. Yeah, man, and not to, and, and and not to be the one to uh always defend the bros, you know what I'm saying? But you know it it, it go both ways, cause you know you know the sisters, you know they like you know niggas ain't shit, you know what I'm saying? And you know it it, it you know it is hand in hand, you know what I'm saying? Go back to you know when you just speaking about self hate. You know what I'm saying? So if I hate myself, is I I must hate my counterpart because we go want it because because we wanted the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's you real. Know, that's real. You know, yeah, cause you 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 can't hate the king without hating the queen. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's real. So yeah, it goes. It goes. Yeah, you know. One of the words that uh that you've been using lately, man, that that that, that, that really it really needs most spotlight is uh neo colonialism. You know what I'm saying? Because this it, mm-hmm. it's it's been embedded so deep. You know what I'm saying? Anybody and you know, anybody who's listening right now, you know what I'm saying, when they get upset, they speak this way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In order, in order, in order to not, you know, react in this manner, it, uh, 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 you have to reprogram. You gotta, you know what I'm saying? One of the ways, one of the ways that 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 I get by, you know what I'm saying? Uh, behind enemy lines, uh, so well is because I don't believe anything I hear. I don't believe yeah. nothing, nothing. Okay, they can say it's spaghetti up there in the chow hall. I'm gonna want to see that shit wrote down somewhere. You know, what I'm <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I don't believe anything. It could be true. You know what I mean? Hey, Google it. Google could tell me it's true. 
And I can say, well, if you believe what they wrote, then yeah, sure, you're right. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah. so you know, we can't believe everything we see. We can't believe everything we hear. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, it's, and you know, as far as national news, they change the national news to the area. You get yeah. yeah. So it's, it's at a national level, but you're getting local news because the editing is that's being on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so what they saying about Trump in Atlanta is not what they saying about Trump in Wisconsin. You know what I'm saying? Even though it was the same, it was the same press conference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so when we when we get to a level, you know, as a people, to where okay, okay, we 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 got the local shit together. Okay, we on to the next level. And then when we get on the same plane nationally, they won't be at a lot of us. And you'll be around, you know what I'm saying? And, and when you get enough together, you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, somebody's going to be like, hey, man, don't be calling her no bitch, man. Somebody's going to be like, hey, man, why are you talking to that man like that? Yeah. Like, yeah. you see what I'm saying? So when we yeah. can all get, you know what I'm saying? You know, some people, some people got to dumb it down. Some people got to step it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. we got to get on the same plane on the on the on the national level. You know, those of us who count. You know what I'm saying? And and and, mm-hmm. and, and that's and that's how we see. You know what I'm saying? Back 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 to uh, what uh, brother Robert McComrade back here with me always. You know, he he wants to get a know your worth march. You know what I'm saying? He's real avid on, you know what I'm saying, these these men, not just young either. They always say young men, young women. It's not just young men. It's not just young women. You know what I'm saying? Us as a whole, you know what I'm saying, men, black men, black women, period. They don't, they look at everything face value, including themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Including and, themselves. And what I like what you said about that, uh, nephew, is the key word you said face value? Whose value system are they using? See, that's the question we have to ask ourselves. How do you value yourself? You know, you we letting other people put the price on us. We let other people tell us what our value is. We let other people define what a bitch, a hoe is, gas nigga is, and we begin to use those words and have that sentiment towards one another because we're not living up. To the value of other people Because we're not living Because we're not being realistic And looking at like I always talk about The social and cultural conditioning The conditioning in the black community Is not by our own design Nobody wants to live in no motherfucking poverty No no brother Mm -hmm. chooses not to get no money No sister chooses to have to I'm not You know what I'm going to change all of that in the beginning, see, now it's become so easy. We are making a lot of choices. We are making a choice to live in poverty. We are making a choice to be dependent on a government system because we don't choose to practice self-determination, which takes responsibility and effort. It's easier to be a bitch or a nigga. It pays better. You know what I'm saying? The rewards the rewards are better. And we use that, We and we and, and what's funny about it, we will use the word freedom. Grown. I'm grown. I'm free to make the decisions and choices I want to make. I'm grown enough or free enough to do what I want to do in my life. Don't worry about me. It's me. To justify bad behavior. 
I'm grown. I can misbehave. I'm grown. Yeah. <laughs> I can misbehave. I don't have to worry about the consequences. I don't think about my children nor my children's children, my neighbor nor my neighbor's children, the race as a whole. Fuck the race as a whole. It's on me. And what's crazy about that, though, we'll turn around and be the most respectful and responsible citizens and human beings to every other people. We'll go mm-hmm. out of our way to every other people. If I'm out there talking, I've had black people tell me, man, don't nobody want to hear that white shit. Shh, be quiet, they come white folk. Mm-hmm. Get in front of the judge, you know, talk to me like I ain't shit. Get in front of the judge. Yes, Your Honor. Yes, mm-hmm. officer. The most respectful. Yeah. I'm sure you see it in there. You don't Niggas talk to your mama off. like that. You don't talk right, to your mama like that. Your dad is a hoe. Uh-huh. That's how you talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The yeah. police come to <laughs> Oh, man, it's all kind of, listen, when I was down behind enemy lines, I used to see it. Nigga thug in the door. Nigga knocking everybody out in the door. I claim he'll knock everybody out. Officer come in there, put your hands behind your back. Nigga break his neck. He the first one to do it. Conform and comply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you do, and if you don't respect authority now, if you do, mm-hmm. and they can tell, they can look in your eyes and see if you got a problem with authority. Okay? Yeah. yeah. You the worst type of person. You the worst type of person, but I don't respect the badge. Like that badge you got on, that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's like these tattoos on my skin. You know what I'm saying? You just wearing that shit. You feel me? You, the the badge don't hold it. no power. It don't hold no power to me. You know what I'm saying? Hold power with y'all and your people, mm. and you go up there and you report. That's who it hold power to, and, and, and vice yep. versa. You know what I'm saying? And I and I hold a little something with mine. You know that's how. Yep. I, and, you know, and, and what you want to do? You, you know, with the police. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they yep. have some kind of, you know, and it's embedded in them. It's a system. It's, it's systematic. You know what I'm saying? And it's so funny that that we having this conversation right here because I was just having a, a, a conversation about systems. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, just mm-hmm. like you know, we hate the system and and how the system works and, and what it bears. You know what I'm saying? And but but we don't hate systems. We hate your system. Yeah. We hate how you're yeah. doing things. You yeah. see what I'm saying? We got our yeah. own system, you know. Absolutely. We got, our, we, we got our own system that works for us. This is how we live it. This is what's best for us that fits us. Y'all system, we counterproductive to your system because that's the way you that's the way you make it. You make it to where, okay, black people and whatever they do, even if they wear hood, it's counterproductive to our system. You put 10 on your car, you're counterproductive. But one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm going to say to that, too, is they start to stomp out that counterproductive behavior. That's why they have prisons. You know, those right. brothers and sisters that are behind enemy lines have the making, have the basic revolutionary element because those brothers and sisters behind enemy lines that said, fuck your system. Though they may not, it may have not been constructive and directed toward the benefit of black people at the basis of it. It is brothers and sisters behind enemy lines of people who say, fuck your laws and fuck your systems to them and tell them, you can have that same fuck it, it just has to be directed. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It can't be geared towards us because 
they realized, they said, okay, you know what? These niggas have some buck in them. They have resistance. They have fucking in their system. So we're going to make that work for us. So we're going to teach them to implode and turn that against the black community, then imprison them and capitalize off the modern-day slave, the new Jim Crow. And that's what's happening. So they turn counterproductive behavior. It's counterproductive to African people, but productive to a system that practices discrimination and racism. And a lot of that goes back to what we're talking about, the black male and female divide. You see what I'm saying? That system begins to shut down when we have a proper understanding of the family unit. One of the first things they start to do and destroy is when they start telling us we can't spank our damn kids. Mm-hmm. We don't have white We're not going to tolerate what white people. Man, I was in the store one day and seen a little white boy nut up. <laughs> I said I want fucking Fruity Pebbles. The nigga went to flipping and flopping and fuck, I want Fruity Pebbles. Throwing shit out the cart. Now, black mama would have put his ass through that damn cereal box out. I'm talking about you'd have yeah. to be pulling her shit out of his ear. Yeah, yeah, and check him out. When they, when they begin to tell us that we can't chastise our children, that we can't spank our children, our discipline our children in a certain behavior, when we know the nature of who we are, therefore knowing the nature of our children, it means that they're basically saying, we want to raise your children. We know without mm-hmm. particular discipline that they're a candidate for the prison system. Mm-hmm. We already got a sale for them. Yep, let some criminals raise We already raise got a sale. He's 17, uh, I got you. Let some criminals raise Yeah, let criminal raise you know, we'll let the criminals mm-hmm. raise him so we can capitalize off his labor. We don't care how he's raised. We don't care about mm-hmm. his thought process. We just want to capitalize off his labor. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's the main thing. So they start to do this, and then what they do is when they influence, when they took the black man out of the household and, 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 and pump materialism into our community. And what I mean by materialism, brothers and sisters, when they begin to put monetary value and material value on everything, when your worth was measured by your material possession or how much money you had, when they did that, it further divided the black family. Now you got sisters roll up. Black man say he want to see his child. Bring my child to see it. Shit, you ain't did shit for this nigga. You ain't did shit this and that. You ain't did take you to court. So now you got this White man sitting behind the bench, or not even white man now, the judicial sitting sitting behind the bench telling you the damn value of fatherhood. You ain't mm. a father if you don't pay this certain mm. amount. How are you going to tell me the value of fatherhood and got this sister biting into the damn height telling me since you ain't paid this, since you ain't did that, since you ain't did this, you can't see your baby? Shit, I might not have it like that. Yeah. Or even if I do have it like that, you getting what the court says I have to give and all of that, I still want to see my baby. And so should I miss a payment or whatever, that shouldn't dictate the value and the benefit children have from interaction with their father. And they should spend your license for that. They should spend your license. Yeah. Yeah. All of that stuff. Because they have placed a value on our fatherhood. And our sisters, and I'm sure there's some sisters on the line. I see, you know, we got quite a few callers. Feel more than welcome in. We don't want to feel like, I don't want you to feel like the brothers are just having one side, but this is the form. We're rapping today. This is Thursday. State your case. Speak your side. But I'm one who believes the sisters begin to bite into that shit. They begin to tell you, like I said, roll up. 
well, you know, until you send this or do that, you can't see your child. Not understanding the importance of that father-child connection that goes beyond monetary value. There's no price you can put on that. There's no price you can put on that. And it's not all on the sisters. Some of you Negroes out there need to step your game up. You need to stop falling for the trick because they put a monetary value on fatherhood. Well, I ain't got no money. I'm going to see my child. I ain't got this. I ain't just roll up and grab the nigga or the little girl. Ride around the block with him. Drop some jewels on him. We have to get out of the materialist understanding. We have to fight against that. That has never been a strong point in the African community here in America, in the black community here in America. Our communities, our existence, our survival shouldn't be predicated on that, shouldn't be built on that. It was never built on materialism, economic uh, gain, possessions. And this is why we go into uh, this whole, why we hate one another. Because one of the one of the one of the components is materialism. It has allowed the black man to not just subjugate himself to the lowest moral standards, but to allow his women to subjugate themselves, to debase themselves for the name in, in, in the cause of money. Because that's what it's all about. And it's so sickening. It is so sickening and has went so far that when you try to talk to one another and me coming as a brother talking to sisters, they become resistant. They become um, um, defensive. They feel like you're attacking. You don't pay my motherfucking bills. You don't tell me what to do. You can't judge me. I'm gone. Yeah, I'm grown. <laughs> right. Because I'm grown. Not understanding the effect that this has on the community in general, but specifically the people in your household, namely your children. Because we're selfish. We've learned individualism from our oppressors, from this European. Rugged individualism. I'm a maverick. I do it myself. Get it done. That cowboy shit. And we think that that's the African way or that's because that's the American way. Not understanding that that's against our very nature. And so when we start to think like that and behave like that, we hate ourselves subconsciously. We hate ourselves because our natural self begins to fight against that very understanding. What's innate in you, your nature fights against that understanding, so we hate ourselves. And when you hate yourself, you can't love anyone else. You hate everybody and everything that looks like you, that reminds you of what you're going through, that struggles like you. There's no unity because we hate that. And we have to understand, black men and black women, it's really not yourself you hate. It's like what you said, Akeem. It's the system that has taught you to think that way. It's the system you hate that has taught you to think that way and encourages you to behave in a certain manner and rewards destructive behavior. It rewards destructive behavior. So I'd like to know, you know, the black, and it may turn into a real discussion. We may not always agree because 
one of the things we do have to remember, like Brother Hakeem said, Chairman Hakeem said, is that we suffer from neocolonialism. So even in our talking back and forth, some of that shit is going to seep out. It's going to seep out because we've been steeped in it. I'm 45. I've been steeped in it for 45 years. Thank God, you know, the influences I had having a father that's a panther and a mother that's conscious that was a panther and this and that. So I had a, a moral compass, a African compass, a black compass to help me to be aware of certain thinking that wasn't right and exact. But nonetheless, even though you have that awareness, the being in an environment that promotes and encourages that type of behavior, as a young child, it's hard to fight that influence. So we get sucked up into some bullshit. So imagine people who have never had that moral compass when coming up, have always come up with pimps, hoes, drug dealers, niggas ain't shit, bitches are hoes and tricks. Imagine somebody coming up with that understanding how ingrained that is in their very fabric. So we have to be patient. I I attempt to be patient because I understand the seriousness of brainwashing. I realize that it's not just a word, that they have washed your brain. They have washed away any common sense, any Africanness, blackness, melon. Melon, melanness, if that's a word. This, the condition is so thorough, I don't even know what to call us. Shit. We we argue over what they ought to call us. That's how bad it can beat us down. <laughs> we all the same people get the same goddamn treatment under the same oppressive system, and we argue with one another about what the hell to call ourselves. You ain't going to tell me white supremacy ain't real on every level of the game. We so bad, we hate to be black. We hate to be black. Niggas will tell you they have Indian before they tell you they black. I got some Indian. My great-grandmama was Cherokee. We hate being black. African in America, whatever. We hate ourselves. And it's shown and reflected in our relationships. And we wonder why we can't have healthy relationships. Healthy friendships. Because we're divided We're divided And 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 you know what's sad to me Brother Hakeem I'm going to tell you what's sad to me It doesn't even seem like it A lot of times That we want to be united Right You know what right. I'm saying It doesn't seem like that we want Healthy families Healthy relationships Healthy friendships it, it, we fight against it. Like I said, we will extend the hand of tolerance and compassion to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Everybody else. Here you have a system, a government that has openly practiced, I mean, go back to history, openly practiced racism and discrimination, not just against us, against the Native Americans. In genocide, Openly. continuing Openly. to practice racism and discrimination against the brown people through integration reform and all of this other stuff, and we will still be as loving, as compassionate, as patriotic, as understanding as we can possibly be, but hate one another for a failed relationship. 
for misunderstanding, how we were raised or uh, whatever. We will hate one another to the point where we want to destroy one another. I've had some people hate me with a hatred that I I haven't even seen from white people. I have had black oh, yeah. people oh, yeah. hate me with a hatred that I have not seen from the very people that I go against, the white government. I've been some of the foulest names talked about, drunk through the mud, my family slaughtered, my children threatened, and even about African people, black people. So we begin to wonder where this hatred, I don't wonder where the hatred comes from. I challenge the people to say, hey, look, take a moment, take a deep breath, I'm sure I may have wronged some people. I've stepped on some toes, ruffled some feathers. That's the very nature of the human being. We're not always going to agree. But take a deep breath and think about where this type of hatred is emanating from. Who taught you to hate your people to that degree, to an unhealthy hatred? And particularly the opposite sex, knowing that there is no no survival without our interaction and coming together, man and woman, that's not even open for discussion. It's not an option, whether or not we get together to procreate. And, and, it is and, not and you know, and you, you know, it, it, it go back, it go back so deep. You know what I'm saying? Even in ancient texts, they always, you know, it's plenty of stories. You know, Adam and Eve is, you know, just the first one. Excuse me, uh, Christians. I'm Christian. I only know the Bible. But I know the other books have the same thing. They have, you know, you know, Samson and Delilah. And you know what I'm saying? All of these, you know, all of these stories, you know, that take you back and that the only bad component was the woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The, oh, everything was great except he had this damn girl around him. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, even you know, as far back as you know, as far back as that to show you, and then you know, say you know, history won't lie. You know what I'm saying. Here you go, there it is. You yeah. know what I mean. You know, absolutely. And it's just how deep it goes. You said again. I said, that's just how deep it goes. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we talked about that you know. before. We talked about how they hate their women. You know, but the difference between them hating their women and, and us hating their women is this. They hate their women, but they possess the power to keep their women suppressed. Mm-hmm. They're the breadwinners. They're the providers. They run the white men, um, basically really have white privilege, white entitlement, you know, the authority, the white men, so they can keep their women oppressed and suppressed. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And so they can hate their women and be blatant about their hate. The black man, due to social cultural conditioning, is not, we should never hate our women, but even if we did hate our women, you ain't in no position, nigga, you ain't in no position to be hating no sister. How many of you niggas out there now? I'm living with your baby mama, living with your baby mama mama, 
the black woman care of you if not through working through uh through her government through government aid prime example income tax time is coming up how many of you niggas are going to be cuz you can't get an income tax cuz you can't get income tax check back cuz you ain't work how many of you niggas finna run that line that niggas been running since time immemorable let me flip that shout it it's going to be so flippant. Yeah. <laughs> Let me flip that for you. Sister, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me closely. And I usually don't talk against brothers. I hate the most suck-ass niggas that get on YouTube. Black woman, let me tell you this about the black man. That's some sucker shit. I don't like it. But listen, let me tell you, sisters, from your brother Yanga. If that nigga got to flip your check, Ain't nothing, ain't nothing gonna happen. Or he, if he was a hell of a flipper, he wouldn't need your income tax check to flip. If he was getting it like that, everybody's gonna run that same line. So that goes to show we're not in a position. Even if we did, even if it was the African way, which it isn't, to hate our black woman, you're not in the position of that white man. That white man keeps his woman suppressed because he's mm-hmm. the breadwinner. He's the authority. We have never been in a position since the time being over here to be uh, to have the audacity or have the nerve to think that we can afford to hate our black woman. It's a sickness, and we need to get out of it. And I can understand the frustration of our black woman. I'm sure it is frustrating to work hard or to, you know, um, have to go down and lie about being married or lie about being with a man or whatever to get aid and assistance from the state. You know, I'm sure that that's difficult. That's why I'm asking our black women to be mindful that whether it's conscious or subconscious, but that type of thinking, that type of disdain and dislike for the black man can creep in. It's all a design to demasculate us. So I'm saying don't hold the black man to his white counterpart standards. Now the brother don't wear a Brooke Brothers suit. Now the brother don't make a hundred thousand a year or drive that Benz. You know, so don't hold him to those specific standards. And the standards that you do hold to, and I know this was not to say, I don't even want my man to do that. I just want him to do this and that and him to do it. And the nigga can't even do that. Find out one of the things that we haven't done is we don't do thorough background checks. And I'm not talking about background, like calling up the people and doing all of that stuff, even though nowadays you probably should. Shit, you got some sick people out here. But I'm not talking about to that degree. I'm talking about what happened to courting and dating. What type of family does a nigga come from? How's What's his relationship with his mother? With his sisters, if he has any sisters? Being thorough, is he spending time and money in the beginning? We've forgotten the court and date. You know, you have to find these things out. And then a lot of times, too, but it all starts with being self-reflective. Sometimes if there's a problem in the relationship, what we tend to do is put it on everybody. Sometimes you just got to look at your ass. Sometimes you have to do a self-check. Am I, I want a dime. Like I tell the brothers, brothers, you want a dime, are you a dime? Same thing to you sisters. You want a dime, sister, are you a dime piece? Not because you got fat booty and big breasts. 
Is your mental right? Is your spiritual right? Is your mouth right? Do you treat people right? All of that plays a role and plays a part. But we don't want to do self-check and a self-analysis. We don't want to even be true to ourselves and wonder why these relationships, that there is this divide between us. We have to, we have to cut it out. We have to cut it out, but it starts with us. We can point the finger and we can blame. We can play that game, but it starts with us. It starts with self-checking. And in order to self-check, you have to ask yourself, what am I checking myself against? See, don't do a self-check based on Eurocentric values and standards. Don't self-check yourself to that. Oh, I look like this. I wear this, I do that, I'm a dime. That's not the self-check, so he should want me, he should like me. That brother has a problem. That's not the self-check I'm talking about. The self-check I'm talking about is, is your behavior beneficial and uplifting to the African community and to your man or to your woman that you're with? Is your language a building language, a language of righteousness, a language of encouragement, of hope? Of prosperity and positiveness Or the destructive language Or the things The way that you think And move About building communities Building a community Start with the family Building the family Nurturing the family Are you that type of person Are these the standards that you're using We wonder why Black men go get white women. They ain't going to get that white girl. Or black women go get white men. Because you niggas are trying to be white. Why go for a carbon copy? Why would I get with a sister that is a knockoff of a white woman? You feel me? And the rest of the world wants to be black, the rest of the world want to be black, but we hate it. And they want to be us. They want to be black. And they want to be us, but that's how they trick you. How do you think they did it? That's how they trick you out of your history. Look at the movies on Egypt. They got Yul Brenner, Elizabeth Taylor, everybody playing Cleopatra, and all this <laughs> right. other What is she doing over there? They get you to hate Africa. They get you to hate Africa, and they put cars in, and they put a white man in the middle of Africa, conquering Africa. They get you to hate Egypt and all their depictions. It's white people being Egyptians. So it's the same thing here. They get you to hate who you are. They get you to hate music, hate being black. Then they give you Eminem. They get you to hate yourself, appropriate your culture, and then sell it back to you. Now we buy the hip-hop culture. The culture we made, we buy the hip-hop culture now. Invent it. We bought it. They talk, They marketed that. They started making the big clothes and the shoes and the hip-hop fashion and dictate the fashion and all that. I don't care because they put a black face on it. Sean John. Look at his manufacturers and his producers. Nigga, you a face. Puppy's a face. Let's go to the factories. Let's go to the deliveries, the delivery truck drivers and the companies. Manufacturing and production, not retail. Shit, anybody can sell some shit. 
Are we making it and producing it? That's where the money's at. And that's what they tell us. So they steal your culture and sell your culture back to you. Put a black face on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a travesty. Let's go to my phone line. Black Power, my brother. Urban Coast, 762 Black Power. This is Brother Robert calling from behind Enemy Nines with uh, Chairman Hakeem. What's going on, Brother Robert? What's going on, my brother? I just wanted to put in a little something, you know, on what we're talking about tonight, man. And, you know, uh, everybody making a great point, you know, um, especially Brother Hakeem. You know, he, like he said, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's both of us, you know, it ain't, you know, we can't just say, oh, you know, niggas ain't shit and bitches ain't shit, you know, it's, you know, it's both of us, you know, but, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of that shit was brought on by us to, you know, uh, that we know we put a lot of that in them sisters, man, because, you know, you never really hear a woman that's married and, you know, they, they, they doing good and, and, and shit say, you know, niggas ain't shit and, you know, you never hear a man that's married and got the kids and a good house and and, and 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 stuff say, you know, bitches ain't shit. You know, it's 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 the ones that you got some that was raised fucked up, okay? And then you got some women that was that was that was that was bred that way. You know, you you got some that was forced into that shit. You know what I'm saying? By ain't shit niggas. Cause see, in certain relationships, you 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 got either a good man and a, and a shitty woman or you got a shitty uh, a shitty man and a good woman. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you might get two two good ones together which make good homes. And then you got some that was raised up by wicked, wicked, scorned mother. You know what I'm saying? From them not being genuine but wanting somebody to be genuine with them. You know what I'm saying? So they raised their daughters that way to, to hate men, to to use men to to use their pussy and their mouth to get what they want, you know. And then you got some that raised their daughters right, whether it been in the church, out of a church, you know, uh, uh, around no different men, you know. Then you got some that raised their daughters around all type of different men. So you know, uh, uh, a lot of that stuff be be, be forced or or, or 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 planted in them women by motherfuckers that just come and go, you know what I'm saying, only there for one thing. But they figure that, you know, I can, I can hit it tonight and be gone in the morning, but Shawty had something else on her mind, so it took a little while to get it, so now you done got attached. So now that you done finally got a chance to get it, now you ready to go, okay? So now you done, okay, fuck all the attachments and all that, boom, I'm gone. So now that drives in her head. That damn, me and they shit. Okay, so now she gonna try again, and here she goes. She done fell for the man with the with the with, the, with his pants off his ass and the gold teeth. You know what I'm saying? And those are the ones that they so so be be so drawn into, and those are the ones that they wanna you know say you know okay, I love him. You know what I'm saying? But he don't have the same feelings for you. So you go give your all to this man, and man, they shit. You know what I'm saying? So now you feeling like all men that way. So you want to say niggas ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Because you keep going 
and giving yourself so quick to a man who ain't shit versus taking your time as a sister and cherishing your body, you know what I'm saying, and just waiting until you know it's right versus just jumping right in the bed thinking he, okay, this man got a bag, so I'm going to fuck with him. I'm going to give him the pussy and, and, and hopefully, you know, this the one. And it don't be, you know what I'm saying? So they 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 want to say that all men ain't shit. But see, you keep going for the wrong ones. You know, you ain't giving yourself a chance to find out who that man really is. You know what I'm saying? And then you got the the the, the men that go out there and just prey on the women with a check. You know, you you know you ain't into this sister. You know, you 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 know you ain't feeling this sister, but you know this sister got a bag. Feel me? So you gonna do what you got to do chase her bag, you know what I'm saying, and uh, uh, a lot of this, 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 this anger and, and hate, man, I'm going to tell you, you got kids that's three, four years old, man, can't count to five, or say now ABC, but see, they can sing a whole fucking song on the radio, you know what I'm saying, and see, music has a big part on people's lives from, from, from way back when when we used to hum and sing in the cotton fields, to now. You know what I'm saying? Music has always played a part in people's lives. And see, I challenge some of these artists, I challenge some of these rappers to make a, a, a album for the people. You know, stop talking about killing your, 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 your brother, your partner, or whoever. Stop talking about running off on the floor. Stop talking about, yeah, I shot him in his face with the Draco. You know what I'm saying? I challenge them to change up their style for one time. See, y'all already rich. You feel me? Y'all already got the fan base. But see, I know what it is. See, they scared to lose the crackers that they got buying their music. You know what I'm saying? See, they scared to lose that cracker fan base on coming to their shows and, 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 and not downloading their music or going to buy it out the store. But see, they got to understand y'all already rich. You already got 60 chains and 1,000 rings. You know what I'm saying? Every pair of shoe in the store. You know what I'm saying? So I challenge them to change and, and make some music that people can, can, can get together on. You know what I'm saying? See, mm-hmm. if, if, if if they could just for one time, man, like that Jay-Z um, song, I can't remember the, um, but I know the one you know. I'm t- I know you know the one I'm talking about. Where he did a little video to it. Yeah, Still that nigga. one. Yeah. Exactly. Still nigga. That's my jam. You, yeah. you, you, you feel me? So, so, yeah. so imagine getting some of these big rappers together, man, and telling them, look, let's kill this. Okay, I'm killing you this. I'm going to kill you that. I'm going to kill you if you this and that about my money, this and that. And let's talk about something for the people. You feel me? You know, like you said, brother, that comes from a that comes from a, 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 an awareness of self. You know, they have to feel ashamed to be talking about that. They have to be, there's no shame. And that we don't love ourselves. They don't care about, there's no moral consciousness. There's no, like, you know what? It is wrong to kill uh, unjustifiably any human life, but more specifically, people that reflect and look like me. It is a sickness. But we've learned from this barbarian. He is a barbarian. That's what he does. His culture is a culture of war. He's a warmonger. He steals everyone else's culture. See, a part of his culture is creating war and, and pillaging. He's a thief. He doesn't. He hasn't created anything by themselves. They haven't created one 
every work that they say they've created has been stolen. History has come back to proving from Socrates to Aristotle. All of their works and shit was stolen. They're thieves. And we begin to, and they're warmongers and pillagers and Vikings and barbarians. And we're starting to emulate that. I did want to go back and talk about a point you made, too, about what sisters behind about, like you said, niggas ain't shit. You know, all he wanted to do is hit it. You know, I don't, listen, from the man's point of view, sisters may get upset. If you fucking for a coach bag, who ain't shit? Didn't you get what you want? Are you mad because he didn't buy that coach bag? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you, you might just be pissed. Now the nigga ain't shit. Nigga ain't shit. Nigga said he won't do this. Said he won't do that. Niggas ain't shit. You mad because you tried to play him. You put a price on your ass, and you got ripped off. You got he, he tricked you. But like the brother Robert was saying, no. When the values change, when you're looking for a man of substance, a man that is going to not just it ain't just about providing economically, but a man that is going to provide spiritual upliftment, consciousness in the house, some type of morals and ethics, not just for you, but if you have children that can be an example for the children, then it's going to be different. It's not, you're not going to feel played because he's going to tell you like Tupac said, he said, slow down, take it easy. I don't want it if it's that. He said, slow down. What did he say? Slow down, be slow down something. Don't be sleazy. I don't want it if it's that easy. That man's going to tell you that. Damn, Shot. He's going to run from you. Damn, you trying to get it? You must. What the hell? I don't know. You all on me just met me in the club, Shot. You trying to take me? But if that's where you met, I mean, listen, we got to be realistic about some shit. We have to be realistic. We're going to get, we are the masters of our destiny. We get what we put out there. What happens if it's a fuck, it's a fuck. And if not, if it's a good one, it's a good one. And then sometimes, brothers, we fall in love with the Putin nanny, but you know what it was. Sisters, sometimes you fall in love with the fame, but you know what it was. Is that what the relationship, is that where you were going with it? What were you trying to accomplish and achieve? <clears throat> I don't think that we're realistic in our expectations and what we want. And then we get upset and disappointed because of our indecisiveness. Because of our uh, lack of moral uprightness, our moral commitment, we have to get back to that. Since we have placed the value on materialism, excuse me, and and uh, our worth on our economics, our monetary possessions and stuff, that we think that that makes the man or the woman, and that don't that don't mean shit. Not a thing. Brother Robert, I did want to ask you this, though, bro, because you're about to come home. What city you in again? Rob, you still there? Yeah, brother, they were counting. Yeah, I'm in Augusta, oh, Georgia, my brother. Okay, you in Augusta, man, because I, I definitely want to do some things in Augusta. I know you're about to come home. Get my personal info from nephew, man. I got, you know... I want to oh, do some oh, things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we linking up. We linking up, my brother, because, okay. you know, it's some it's some things I want to, you know, sit down and, and, and look you in the eye on and get what you want personally, you know. No it's doubt. just me and you, you know, because, you, know, okay. like, like, you know, like we were saying about, about the self-hate, you know, I hated myself for a while, my brother, because I hated all people, including my people. 
So I robbed from my people. I, I, I did things I don't want to say to my people. You know, I, 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 I know what it is to, to, to hate my brother. I know what it is to hurt my brother. You feel me? But see, I mm-hmm. uprooted that when I got yeah. educated. You know what I'm saying? I uprooted that when I found out who my ancestors were. I uprooted that when I knew what black meant and how it meant to feel to be black. You feel me? I got into an yeah. issue back um uh about a year ago with a crack. And he pulled up in my cut, and I told him what I was going to do to him. And when he tore it out, I raised my hand, and I yelled, black power. Motherfuckers in this dorm that I ain't never knew was in this dorm. Man, 90% of this dorm stood up and threw their fists in the air. Yeah, black power. And that just did something to me, man, that just showed me that we can be saved. We can unite. You know what I'm saying? Because we in the place where it's nothing but darkness, 24-7. But that day, I mean, just to see it, it, it just, it, 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 it grew me cold, man. Like, like yeah. it, it grew me cold because these people want this power. These people want to be with these people. You know what I'm saying? But it all goes to another thing Chairman Hakeem said on knowing your worth. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I know that would be one of the most powerful marches, man, that we can put together because a lot of people just don't know their worth. A lot of people don't yep. know the fight that they have in him. See, a, 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 a pit bull don't know it's got that fight in him until you bring it out of him. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of these people just don't know who they are. A lot of these sisters don't know they're queens. A lot of these men don't know they're kings. And and somebody got to show them, man. And, you yep. know, why not Why not be us? And, and, and I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm well, with it. Fighting for my people, man. Absolutely. And that's our job, man. And it's good to – and that's what I'm talking about. I mean, we definitely going to, you know, sit down and hook up, man, when you come through that way because I want to do some things. I really want to start working back harder in the South – um, you know, and then, you know, a lot of the affiliations that we have in common to make it a lot easier to build. And I know Augusta got it. I know Augusta got it cracking like that. So I definitely want to get with you on that. And that's, that's another discussion. We'll have that. But you said the key thing, man, certain things are innate in us. And that, that yearning for power, that yearning for uh, to be a dependent people, to be free of an oppressive system, to be free of, an, of a system that dictates your thoughts and your actions, that tells you that being yourself is wrong, we have that yearning to be free. And a lot of times, and a lot of my self-awareness came in, though I came up in that background, it really came home when I did them seven years. I mean, it hit home. When you, when you see oppression face-to-face, when you see the disdain that people have for you, when you see the ignorance that is prevalent in our people, you know, when I sat around and just seen them brothers doing ignorant shit and saying ignorant shit, I said, man, I got to help change this. Uh, we are a dead people. You know, and unfortunately, like you said, we go home and we take these into our relationships, and it's not just our relationships that suffer. The biggest um, suffering that takes place is the suffering of the children. It's those babies that suffer. Like Chairman Hakeem was saying, yeah, we have to go. It's not just young people. It's adults. But adults sometimes are stuck in their damn ways. So we inform adults. We try to, you know, um, enlighten adults. But you can train and mold children. 
And that's where we see a lot of the baby suffering. I see a lot of these babies, I see a lot of these babies suffering, going through the attitudes. And when you see what they go through, when you go home and see who answers the doors, you'll see an ignorant-ass parent answer the damn door. Male or female. You see an ignorant parent answer the door. That's the importance of these relationships, black relationships, and not just black relationships. I'm not talking about intimate relationships. I'm talking about communal relationships. I'm talking about we need to end the divide from the male and female divide. Like I tell people, I am a father figure. A father. What does that mean? To father. I want to see the young people get farther in life, to father their development, for them to have a father vision, for them to have a self-image that goes farther than the self-image they have now. So I father that. We must become father figures to our to the young people in our community, like the mothers must become mother figures, nurturers and compassionate and um, this type of energy back in our communities. We have to start to practice this communalism. But communalism will never be had if we don't start to shorten this divide, to bridge the gap that exists between us. And in order to bridge the gap that exists between the black man and the black woman, we must know what has created the gap. Let's point the goddamn finger. It's time to be honest. Let's stop blaming one another. Like you said, the sisters say niggas ain't shit, but she's fucking for a handbag, this and that. Where did all of this behavior come from? When did a handbag become so important that the sister would lay down and open her legs for a handbag? Who told her that she had to have that handbag that badly? Then we start to begin to look at society that pushes materialism, the commercials that make you feel like that you're not shit if you don't have certain products. Then we begin to understand in order we must control our own self-image. Let's take it back to the beginning. Let's stop being punk ass. That's the only time I want to hear sister call me a punk ass nigga when I'm not standing up for my people. Not because I'm not doing what the fuck she don't want me to do. Because she's damn confused. Same thing with you brothers. Stop calling these sisters bitches. She's a punk-ass bitch when she ain't standing up for her people, empowering her people, and still promoting and encouraging an oppressive system. Then she's a punk-ass bitch because she's a female dog for the system. Not she ain't a punk-ass bitch because she ain't did what I want her to do. I have to get out of that. This is how that neocolonialism affects us. We've deceived ourselves. We start to put so much emphasis on ourselves and we're so arrogant that we think our way is the only way. This is why you see us fighting over semantics. Of course, there's a male and female design, divide, because like I said, with neocolonialism, they hate their women. So it's doubly so with us because not only have they taught us to hate our women, they taught us to hate ourselves, so we doubly hate the black woman. 
And like I said about the rap culture, that's what they get you to do. They get you to hate your thing, to go away from your thing and sell it back to you. So they get you to hate your black woman, despise your black woman, belittle your black woman, debase your black woman, demoralize your black woman, and come in and creep in and sleep with your black woman. Love your black woman. Or or, or deceives her into thinking what he's showing her is love. And the same goes for you, sister. He's taught you to hate your black man, despise your black man, to belittle and degrade your black man, to tell him he ain't shit. And then some white woman who's trying to be you, talking like you, getting butt implants, lip implants, trying to emulate you, comes in and steals your man. She got you in the black power, black woman, not black power, black woman's movement out of woman's movement, doing all this other shit, coming in taking your black man. Because they taught you to hate your black man. They taught us to hate one another so that they can come in and divide us. And we eat it up. We fall for it. Let's go to my phone line. Eight five nine, Queen Nikki, Queen Umbutu, Queen Umbutu. What's good? <laughs> All power to the people. All power to the people. Yeah, I thought I'd say something to uh, you know, since I ain't heard no sisters say nothing. You okay. know, I heard the I brothers. Say, hey, and, yeah, see you it, it's, it's very. This is very knowledgeable and very informative. Um, you know, I think. Um, Another solution is we need to slow down. You know, we're moving just as fast as the trend, and everything is trending. Everything is constantly changing. It's moving real fast, and we're flowing with that, but we need to slow down. You know, because I think in, you you know, dealing with, huh? What do you mean slow down? I'm saying in dealing with, uh, because I think in dealing with the black man and, and then the black woman, the black man dealing with the black woman, slow down, be able to slow down enough to listen to each other. It's it's a thing. We always got something to do. We're really not spending that time. We're really not putting in, you know, like even in the movement, you know, you have people in the movement that move fast and, and, and has a lot to do in the movement, but, you know, you still got to make time for that relationship. We just need to slow down. There's no rush to jump in the bed with somebody. It's no rush to jump in a relationship. You know, it takes some time to get to know that person first. You know what I'm saying? It, like people are quickly even moving into each other and ain't with each other and ain't spent time to get to know that person, then move in and find out some other things about that person and flaws because you can only put up a front for so long. You know what I'm saying? Before somebody reveals who they really are. And that comes with spending time. You know, uh, getting together, with doing the old school way, dating and stuff. You know, so I, I think, you know, we just need to slow down and listen. We got two ears, you know, and it's so quick to speak over each other. We're not really listening to each other, you know, um, and it's trained thinking. It really is because there's anger to things that's going on around us, but we're imploding. We're taking it out on each other. And we, like you said, we bring it into our relationships. And it has nothing to do with that part. You know what I'm saying? If you find peace anywhere, it should be in your home and within your relationship. 
but we're not finding that. And we got to embrace positive energy because if you're saying you're conscious, what consciousness is, you, you embrace a more positive energy and you, so you can stand back and really see where the negative energy is moving around you so you know how to deal with that and you know how to attack that. You know how to – you got it's stealth. You have to be strategic in everything. You know, like in relationships, I listen. You know, I listen to what the king is saying, and and, and I, I consider, you know, what the black man has been through. You know, I, we have to do that as far as queens. We do have to do that. But they have to consider us too. But at the same time, you know, consideration to each other. But I, I just like calling the police and stuff like that, you know, I've seen this program where they say, well, you know, black people ain't going to really do nothing. Black women ain't going to really do nothing as far as the police because they're really trying to protect the black man from the system. You know, well, not all of them are. You know what I'm saying? That's the first place they try to send them. And then at the end of the day, because most of the time they be fighting, and then next thing you know, they're together like it wasn't no fight. It just happened. You might have seen them come all out in the yard. And next thing you know, you see them sitting in the car kissing, and I've seen it before. So, you know, we got to stop being so reactionary, too, you know, and just really listen. I, I got to think about putting myself in my king's shoes. Like, if that was me, how would I see it? And, you know, a king would have to do that with his sister, too. You know what I'm saying? Put your, Try to put yourself in the shoes. I don't mean, I'm not saying think, try to think like a female, think like a female, but try to understand if it was you. You know, and the same thing with a brother, try to understand. And then what the brother said about the music, that is true. They really need to change some things about that. I've been doing music for since I was six years old. You know, I, I play by ear. I'm, I'm a prodigy when it comes to music, and I have been doing, you know, message type of music for a long time. And then it got to a point where it seemed like my music wasn't really fitting in with the music that was going on. So I still stayed in the studio because I have my own studio, and I just kept my music to myself. But, you know, as things start changing, and even when my daughters got older and grown, it was like, Mom, you need to bring that out to the world. You need to, you can't keep this in it. But see, it was more a message type of music. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like everybody's ready for it and they're ready to hear it. So, and, and I think how things change in situations, people's mind has started changing where they were more ready to hear. But I, I agree with him on the challenge of the ones that's doing this. But, but they, it's like they sold their souls to me. You know what I'm saying? I got a song that I say, you know, I still got my, I still got control because I still got my soul. I didn't sell it. You know what I'm saying? It's like giving yourself over to these people is just, it's, it's wrong. It ain't going to work for you in the long run. You know, and that when the when you quickly do that, just like snitches, when you quickly do that, they ain't got no respect for you. When you get everybody that they was trying to get and it's all said and done, they have no respect for you at the end of the day. And then next thing you know, once they're done, you got everybody they want you to get, they're going to throw you right in the pit with it, where they put them. So then, I mean, feed you to them. You know what I'm saying? It's not even worth it. We got to start communicating with each other. We have to start loving each other. It's all about love. We are under attack. And until we realize that we are in a war and we are the target, I mean, it, we're going to always have some, some sellout ways and all that stuff and not come together until it, it'll be fine until it's one of somebody else's people or something that's gunned down or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So we do got to start. It starts in the home, though. It really does. I mean, I, I – and like you said, when they, they stopped the whooping and, and stuff like that, I uh, I had a situation where my daughter did some things and the police brought her back to the house and he looked, he knew I was going to whoop her. And I I gave him the look, if you don't want me to beat her ass, I'm going to take her back with you because I'm going to beat her ass. And he was like, See, you know, I got kids too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I got kids too. I know how you feel right now. 
You know what I'm saying? Because I was so tore up and scared of what was happening to her. I was in the house throwing up. And then she started to yeah. come back through that door. I was happy to see her, but I whooped her ass. I never had that problem no more. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I just didn't, I didn't fall with the system on that. You know, stop letting them control everything. What they going to do? If they put me in jail, then I will, I will go to jail. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to get out. You know, so I mean... I'm not just saying that that's the best thing to do, but you, you I mean, you got to stop being a lot of this stuff they use is scare tactics. They like to scare us a lot and intimidate us and a lot of shit they can't do by law, you know, and they ain't going to do, you know, because sometimes they just as scared as you, you know, and it's just a power trip thing. So, you know, I, I just say Absolutely. stay firm in the family. You know what I'm saying? Love your family to the very end. Love your people to the very end. When you look in the mirror, you should see everybody. You should see everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how I feel about my people, and that's why I work so hard. When I look in the mirror, I see everybody. I favor everybody to me. That melanin, though, <laughs> that melanin, okay. that's a beautiful that's thing. Right. It's a, a beautiful thing. But, you know, I like what you were saying. But one of the things, we were talking about the weight, and one of the things, though, that uh, my minister suggested, I and mean, we had a show on this one time. We were talking about the demographics the area that you choose the people from. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I, our selection pool, where we choose our people from, <clears throat> create they, there's a certain mentality that is prevalent there. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to get out of that demographic. You have to get out of that, that you know, that same selection pool. You know, if you get a, you shit, a skunk is a skunk is a skunk is a skunk. And skunks do what skunks do. So if you go to our snake, so if you go to the snake pit and just stick your hand in the pool, you're still going to pull out a snake. It's always going to be a snake when you stick your hand into the snake pit. So a lot of times the attitudes are prevalent. I like what you said about putting ourselves in one another's shoes, and that's what we have to do. And to add to that, when we do that, putting ourselves in one another's shoes, we must do that from a, a position of looking at it from and and our African nature, the nature is innate from us. See, we'll put ourselves in one another's shoes. Like if I put myself in a, in, in a woman's shoes, I try to look at a woman's position. Am I looking at it from a black woman's position in an oppressive society? Or am I looking at it in, as a position that's this black woman in the position of women? You know what I'm saying? Well, she don't match up to, here's the standard, my standard of women. Long hair light eye, whatever, whatever. If I'm using these Eurocentric standards, that black woman may never live up to that physically, psychologically, socially. She's not going to live up to those standards of other women. I can tell you I've tried that. Having come out of 15 years out of a very true, I was what they call a Salafi. For those Muslims out there that's listening, that know what the what the Salafia is, you know what I'm saying, to tell the people who are listening to you it is the most rigid, strictest understanding of Islam that you can get to from Sunni Islam to be a Salafi. And my marriages, two marriages, my son, uh, my daughter Fatima's uh, mother, sister um, Khadija, and my son Abdul Razak, his mother Amatullah, two marriages failed. Why? Because not just was I looking at these women from being women, I was trying to compare them and hold them and get them to conform to an Arab standard. So when we look at our women, we must look at our women from a realistic perspective, and that's the perspective of what the black woman faces 
in a white supremacist, white male supremacist society, then I would advise my women to look at your men to do the same thing. To look at it from a realistic perspective of this society. Let's go to these phone lines because I see callers coming in for the last few minutes. 915. Uh, somebody needs to put their phone on mute. Is that you, Chairman Akin? 915. Okay, 915. What is that? 4122. Your mic is open. Uh, good evening, Chairman. This is uh, K Mac from uh, Texas. How are you? Uh, good evening, Queen K Mac. I'm good. Good evening. I heard our <laughs> Queen earlier, and I was like, yeah, let me go ahead and hit that button. <laughs> um, excellent topic. Um, while listening, um, it's interesting that the model, and I'm, I don't have another word for it, used for this discussion, um, is the female that will sleep with sleep with someone for something or the male that will lay up. Um, I encourage people to understand that there are other examples of black that does look right. We do exist. I think we need to... Um, reframe that picture. And I say that because um, a lot of us have, you know, a past, of course, uh, things that we are ashamed of, things that we could care less, but it's a part of who we are. There are black families that are intact. There are black families that, you know, raise their children uh, and and are uh, there in the home. There are black relationships that are in it for the long haul because this is a big globe, a huge globe. And a lot of the perspectives that I see and hear from is from the small corner of where people come from. Whether they travel or not is still a very small perspective. And we need to understand that not all of us are like that. There are some families out here like the Cosby's. There are families out here like Good Times. There are, we, we come in so many different um, sizes, so many different reflections of blackness. We need to understand that. There's no one set thing. I bring that up because it's interesting. Last couple of uh, weeks, months, however, um, conversations have been popping up about marriage and relationships mm-hmm. and just watching people's comments oh marriage is a white man's invention no it's not been here since we've been here it wasn't called marriage but there is still a union between one man and one woman you know families extended families that is who we are that's who we've been and people are rejecting that I don't even think it's a matter of people don't know. I think there are a few who don't care. In that mindset to do what feels good, regardless of the cost. Um, Those families who are intact and have good relationships, they're usually picked on. They're usually laughed at. They're usually torn down. But it's interesting because it's the very thing that they want, but they don't, some people don't wish to do what it takes to have 
a loving uh, relationship that's on the mental, physical, and the spiritual level. Because mm-hmm. actually, it's not a lot of work. Relationships are not a lot of work. They really, really I'm a, aren't. I'm a, let it's me do because I want to ask it you. Difficult. Right. Sure. I want to ask you questions. And and this is not to be, you know, contrary or, or disagreeable. No, no, no. But some of okay, the things okay. that you're saying, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if our people really do know. You know, coming up from being in the streets a lot with the people, um, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. There are a few strong relationships out there in black um, um, in black relationships that are example. But one of the things, and two again, congratulations on your relationship. I see the posts and everything. Congratulations. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put out there. Put out there. Put out there, But one of the things I want to ask you, though, is because I'm sure it's going to be successful, but tell me this. When you grew up in your home, was your mother and father there? And I bet you it's yes. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of these things we have to take in consideration. A lot of the failures in our relationships and the relationship between black men and black women are generational because they haven't seen what a successful mm-hmm. black family looks like. You know, the I understand you. A lot of them I understand you. It's just that we television. We were surrounded. Yeah, but we were surrounded with alcoholism, drug use, and single moms. We were surrounded. I'm inner city. Even in the inner city, there were intact. There were people who've been together forever and never married. I've gotten to see it all. See, we pick and choose what's easiest sometimes. I don't, I don't okay. know. Sister Queen. I mean, how do you do something that you don't know like me? A lot of things I know better. I was fortunate enough for my parents to have been married, um, for them to still maintain some type of relationship mm-hmm. Through the years, my mm-hmm. father being a strong, positive black man, and then when he remarried to um, my, well, you know, all, all his, why I called him mother, when he remarried to uh, Mother Zakia and Mother Shirley, Mother Shirley lasted 35, almost 40-year marriage. So I was fortunate enough to see that. So a lot of things I've done in my past, I knew better. But a lot of my mm-hmm. kids, I don't think, really knew better. I mean, they had never, I had a lot of homeboys who had never seen a black man, black woman, healthy, positive interaction. So, I mean, do they really... And I really can appreciate that. I can really appreciate that. But that is not a, 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 an experience everyone shares. There's a whole big world out here where there are intact families that either live together or are married. And I'm just trying to present that side of the picture, too, to give, you know, balance you know, to the to the discussion. Everybody is not uh, out here in broken families like the social media would love to portray us as. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. Like the re- like the research, it works. I've learned from my ancestors. Anytime someone is working hard to make you see something, chances are the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. They work very hard to show us. That 70%, I think the, the research indicated 70% of, of families are headed by black women. But they, people don't read the rest of it because what that research says is that single black woman is categorized that way even if she had a man living in the house, a man helping her, or engaged because she's still single. you got to read Absolutely. the fine print. And Absolutely. that's what people didn't. 
It was the perfect 70% for a lot of people, men and women alike, to slam black women. And they never even read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, and I tell them, how can that be true if in another piece of survey it says that the black man is the most involved in his children's lives children's than lives. other exactly. ethnicities? Exactly. You can't have it both ways. So I, I personally have been homeless. I absolutely have. I've lived in some places nobody should be living in. You know, don't look at me today. My path has been very, very interesting. I'm going to leave it like that. But I've seen quite a bit. I come from an inner city. I come from heavy drug use. I come from mm-hmm. an area of heavy prostitution. I come from welfare. I mean, we used to sound the alarm when the white woman would come down there to check it, and see who's living where. We set the alarm. Absolutely. That's, I think that's that, yeah. old school. Yes. Yeah. But interestingly yeah, that's enough, it was communal, something that you've talked about a lot. It was communal. It wasn't and that's the whole point. Family to have. Exactly. Right. That, and that's, that's the point of. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying that's the point that I'm making here. It's not saying that it's not saying that those that type of example doesn't exist. Positive black families don't exist. It's definitely not saying that. It's saying we're talking to this hatred that we have towards one another and what mm-hmm. has caused this. And really you mm-hmm. spoke on it. I think that you spoke on it. It comes from, like you said, that article they did where they say 70% of black women mm-hmm. live in single, um, single parent households, this and that. On, on what stand, look at the standards they're basing that on. Their standard of marriage. Like you said before, right. our marriage isn't recognized. We had unions between right. men and women. We had understandings, agreements. So we're saying that as long as we hold their values and their standards to be the prominent standards and values, morals, and ethics in our lives, we will always have that divide because mm-hmm. our families don't reflect and resemble their families. I think that you said it perfectly. Yeah, we, it may not be um, what they deem a traditional marriage or a marriage through um, the court system, however they say what a marriage is. But, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you articulated it perfectly. It's an understanding between that man and that woman and most black men are the most involved in their children's life. So the family mm-hmm. structure is still there. But we have this right. hatred for one another because we still use their standards to judge one another by. We still and, use And I wouldn't even say mm-hmm. it went past judgment. It's more like a weapon. Yeah. It's more like a weapon. It, it passed judgment. And, and I can, you can almost feel the spears, you know, ripping through the spirit, that very peace that's supposed to bring us together. They're tearing down to the spirit part. You know, they've been, those folks up there, the, the, the supremacy machine has been looking for a way to permanently break us down. And it's not just the destruction of the black woman. It's the destruction of our spirit. Because that's how we relate to one another. That's how we know one another. That's how we bond. And they're doing a good job. And oh, we need to figure out how to mend that. Um, and as, you know, the queens, the only solution I come up with is with love. 
But that's going to be hard for some people because the definition of love has been twisted to something that is unrecognizable for many people. Yes. And I yes. Well, well, go ahead on Black Power, uh, Black Power to the Black Panther Party Queen. Push, push <laughs> and promote that love. Do y'all think Queen K Mac and Boo too? We support and encourage it. Listen, let me go to the phone. Thank you so much, Sister K Mac, for coming in. We have missed you on the show. No problem. Appreciate your input and, and coming in. Um, let me go to the phone lines again. Let me go to my brother Robert. Brother Robert, what's good, man? Black power. Black power. Black power. Yeah, man, I just wanted to, you know, uh, salute those sisters, man. You know, those are the type of sisters I want to be around. Those are the type of sisters I want to learn from, man. You know, I I, I, I love my black woman, you know, and not in the lustful way, in the sisterly way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are the type of sisters that, you know, I want to introduce some of some of my people too. You know, these are some of the sisters that I want my kids to read about and learn about because I have four mm-hmm. girls. I got six I got six kids. I got four girls and two boys. You feel me? So, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's always daddy's girl and mama's boys, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, us well, fathers, you know, we got to be more hands on with our daughters and keep them out of that path of niggas ain't shit and all this other crap. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. see, I, I salute these sisters because, like I said, uh, Tuesday, um, you know, I never heard sisters speak like I hear speak, sisters speak now. And, you know, this is just something that I'm interested in being more part of. And, you know, I just wanted to tell those sisters I salute them and keep doing what they're doing. Black power. Black power. And that's a good – and, man, that's a good salute. Like I said, man, you know, definitely when you come home – I'm looking at really rebuilding in the South. I'm looking for a strong uh, regional representative, some strong ministers down there, man. And I'm I know there, you're gonna be the guy. I'm there. You know, yeah, definitely this. And I and and you're like me. I salute the queens for holding the line. And one of the things that I have to and I have to give them their little props is because they didn't become a black feminist extremist movement. It wasn't, you know, forget the black man and this and that. It was about working with us, helping us to adjust our attitudes towards black women in the movement, in the revolutionary movement, because we have real revolutionary sisters, not just in the Queens, you know, in my party, I have to send shouts out to um, my LA minister uh, in my chapter, over over my chapter in LA minister, um, Khadija Shakur, my minister of justice, um, uh, my minister, my chairperson in Newark, New Jersey is a sister, you know, a blood sister. So I very strong, very powerful black women organization because we must learn to work with gender oppression. And what I love about these sisters is because they never fail to realize that they're dealing with a black man that still suffers from sometimes, unfortunately, neo-colonialist mentality. You know, they don't expect me. We don't put up the Godhead in our party. They don't look to the chairman as being the infallible, all-powerful black man. They see a black man struggling to change the conditions of his people, the conditions of his community, but starting with changing the condition and the thinking of himself. And that's what I love about these positive black women. They don't, And that's what we have to do as brothers. Stop holding these sisters up to such expectations that when they uh, do something that is contrary to um, what we would deem, to be beneficial to the black community, we're ready to slam them. But we have to learn from one another, grow with one another, build with one another, edify one another, and we're going to make mistakes together. Like I said, we exhibit 
exhibit the most compassion and tolerance for every other people. I mean, people who have blatantly, outright discriminated, oppressed, killed, murdered, and maimed us, and we'll be so damn forgiven. And so understanding that mm-hmm. you let a black person do something to us, I mean, we're ready to be. I know an example. I was at dinner. Um, this was some uh, man a while back, and I was at dinner with his sister, and we went to a, a a white place, and the white woman was just messing up the order. She was, I mean, and you know me, I see, I don't have no tolerance for it. I'd be like, boy, white people, and she's like, oh no, and and the white woman was like, I'm sorry. She's like, don't worry about it, sweetie, it's okay. About a few months later, we went at a black place, and the sister. Messed up the order. That's why I don't do business with black folks. That's why I don't deal with niggas. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Four months ago, we was at dinner at the white place with the white woman. It was all sweetie. Everybody has a bad day. Don't worry about it. Now the sister then brought you a fork instead of a knife, and that's why you don't deal with niggas. We have to stop having <laughs> attitude and being impatient with you. You know I'm telling the truth, Rocky. How many times yeah. we go get ripped off? from the foreigner at the corner store, from the white man at the corner store, and we'll still yeah. go back to that store. But you let you go to a black business and let them accidentally short you out of a dime. You know how I'm not ain't shit. That's why I don't deal with black businesses. That's why black businesses don't do no business. Whoa. 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 We take it to the streets. We take it to oh, the streets. Oh, man, we take it to the streets for one another. So yes. I applaud our black women who are patient and tolerant, not just with our brothers in the streets, but also our brothers in the revolution. Understanding that when we come to revolution, it don't mean we got all the answers. It means we're searching and seeking to better ourselves and seeking for the answer. And the same with the brothers. When these sisters come to the thing, you still have to understand these are women that are coming out of neo-colonialist understanding, but they have enough courage and enough um Knowledge, consciousness, awareness to say, I no longer want to be that person that I was, so I'm attempting to be something new, but we're still going to have traits and remnants of our conditioning for years and years and years, and not just no small conditioning. Hell, I'm talking about major conditioning from the school system. You go to school, from our children go to school from 8 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. For They go from kindergarten through 12th grade. And then if they want higher education, then they go to college for four years. And if they want some more than that, they go to a specialty school, whether it's law or medical, for another three or four years. So you're looking at damn near 20 years of conditioning for eight hours a damn day at the least. How do you think that you're not affected? And then you come home and pop on the TV and there's more conditioning and pop on the radio and there's more conditioning. And then all you get is a little bit of black power from Facebook or a few books that you've had to scrounge up and find to read. So there's going to be some effects of this neocolonialist conditioning. And we have to be patient with that and realistic about that and understand that fact. And because the revolutionary is the teacher of that. This is why I try to be patient with the black and female divide. Like Queen K. Mack was saying, there are plenty of examples of positive, strong black families out there. But they're not promoted. They're not propagated. We don't see them. And we're so conditioned when we do see them. Like she said, we dog that out. That's unrealistic. That's not true. That's some bullshit. Oh, this nigga doing something on the side, or she doing something on the side. It's hard for us to conceive and believe. 
you know, but it's the truth of the matter. I'm coming in my last three minutes. It's Luke. See and believe. I thank everyone for tuning in on Thursday to 4. When we get wrong, we get ratchet with it. I want to appreciate everybody chiming in. Our chairman, our king, brother Robert, definitely our brothers from behind enemy lines. The queens who tuned in, their input. I love having you sisters on the program because I believe in that balance. I believe in the divine feminine, the divine masculine, and we can't accomplish anything unless we come together and accomplish it together. Know my saying, communally, collectively, there's nothing we can accomplish. Individually, is a certain death, destruction, and doom for the black race. I want to thank you for tuning in. Hit us again on Tuesday and check us out on Tuesday where we come with our political education with our eldest Chairman Trinnell, Chairman Kahar. I leave you as I greeted you. All powers to oppressed people, African power to African people, and black power. Black power, my brother. Black power. Power to the people, Chairman. Power to the people. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did. Pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip, I'll make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gon' body, this hood politics, acknowledge it. Leave bodies chopped up in garbages, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One I duck, could it be my time is up with my love? I got up, the cops shot again. Bust out glass burst, a fiend drops a Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back. Fuck getting hit, this is my hood, I'm a rat. To the death of it, to everybody, come on. Little niggas, it's grown, look rats. Don't abortion your wound, we need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase, the street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die. All I need is one mic.